to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, today as we remember the Lord's Supper, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, Lord, we do it in remembrance of you. So, Father, let us reflect upon what Christ has done for us. Let us reflect upon his sacrifice for our sins. Remember, it's through faith that we participate. Father, teach us from your word today about the Lord's Supper and what it means. Let us not take it in a flippant manner. But Lord, let us be faithful to remember. Bless the preaching, holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Write its eternal truth all our hearts. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're taking a, a little break from 1 Corinthians this morning. We'll get back to that at the first of the year, but being Christmas time, we want to uh, focus in on Christmas. But today, since we're observing the Lord's Supper, God just impressed it on my heart that we need to, to talk about that and, and what it means. What does the Lord's Supper, what, it, what is it? What is the Lord's Supper? We come once a quarter and we observe the Lord's Supper. That's what we have said it as in, in this church in First Bastrop. But uh, what is it? Why do we do this? Now, this is a question that, that we really should ask and reflect upon. We've heard it uh, in recent times called, you know, the, the sip and chip, right? Uh, certain people said, you know, I go to church and I do the chip and the sip and all that kind of stuff and, and referring to the Lord's Supper. Well, is that all it is? Is just a little chip and a sip and, and really it's just a tradition? Is it just something that we do occasionally in church? I'm afraid some of us get to that point where it's just something we do. It's just a part of the church service every once in a while. And that's all it is. But it's so much more than that. It is so much more than that. Uh, now, for, uh, for you longtime Christians, you've been coming to church for a while, you, you probably know the story behind the Lord's Supper, what it's all about. We've got new Christians who, who may not know all the story and how it was, uh, how it was established. So uh, there's that. But even as mature Christians, we need to take time to reflect upon the Lord's Supper and what it means so that we don't come in here and kind of lose sight what the Lord's Supper is all about. Let's not approach the Lord's table in a flippant manner, but let us remember what the Lord's Supper is all about. Let us approach His table with reverence and even awe for what Christ has done for us. So today we are looking at Matthew chapter 26. And uh, if you do not have a Bible, then I invite you to take one of the Pew Bibles there, and that's on page 781 in the Pew Bible, 781 in the Pew Bible. We're also going to go to Exodus here in a little while, but we'll get there in just a minute. 
as we look at this today, uh, the sermon in a sentence is this, the Lord's Supper reminds us of God's Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. The Lord's Supper reminds us, it's a reminder, as Sue was talking about, it's a reminder, it reminds us of God's Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. And so I want us to leave here with a better understanding of the Lord's Supper, why we observe it. So look there at Matthew chapter 26. I want to start on up in verse 17 and 19, 17 through 19, just kind of get set the setting for us. Now, this is Passion Week. This is the last day, right? Uh, the next day, the following day, Jesus will be on the cross. This is his last night with his disciples. And so he is observing the Passover with his disciples. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city and to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. So the disciples are going to prepare the Passover. And it's during the Passover meal that Jesus establishes this new church ordinance, the Lord's Supper. And it's relevant that Jesus takes time in the Passover to establish the Lord's Supper because the Lord's Supper is the Passover meal for Christians in remembrance of God's Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. So if we're going to understand the Lord's Supper, then we need to understand something about the Passover and what it meant. So uh, Keeping your, your marker there, your finger or some marker there at Matthew chapter 26, flip over with me to the first part of the Bible, the beginning of the Bible, to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, looking at verses 1 through 14. Exodus 12, 1 through 14, that's page 50 in the Pew Bible. Exodus 12, verses 1 through 14. This is where the Passover was first established. Now, let me give you a little background of where we are here in Exodus. This is the time in which God delivers his people, Israel, out of Egypt. And so God has sent his servant Moses to Egypt to tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may serve me. And he has done that. And Pharaoh said, who's the Lord? Who is Yahweh that I should obey him and he refused he refused to let Israel go and so God has sent several plagues on the Egyptians uh, nine plagues total at this point and now he is getting ready to send the tenth and final plague upon Egypt so he is preparing his people Israel for this time when this final judgment this final plague will be sent on the land of Egypt Look at it with me there, Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and to Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. 
Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every male shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for uh, a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to, uh, according to what each can eat. You shall make your count of the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole, um, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost, on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall... Let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Or, here's why, because I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. And I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt. That's Pharaoh, because they viewed Pharaoh and his family as gods. Upon all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. The blood shall be a sign for you, on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And so God here in Exodus chapter 12 is, about, is ready to send this final judgment upon the Egyptians. Now this is a judgment. This is a judgment. This is God's righteous judgment upon a nation who refused to obey Yahweh, the one true God, the creator of all the heavens and the earth. God sent his servant Moses as his spokesman to declare the word of the Lord, and he sent him to Pharaoh, said, let my people go so that they may serve me. And Pharaoh and all of Egypt with him said, now who is Yahweh? Why should I obey Yahweh? Who cares what Yahweh says? And they refuse to obey God's word. And so God sent judgment upon them. One after the other, one after the other, one after the other. And they still refuse to obey the Lord God Almighty. And so now God is preparing the final, the tenth and final plague that will get their attention. And he is sending his death angel to sweep over the land of Egypt. And he will uh, 
put to death the firstborn of all of Egypt. The firstborn of every household, the firstborn of every flock, the firstborn of all the animals of the land. God is sending judgment to kill them because of their disobedience to God. That's why he is sending them this judgment upon the land. And understand here that the, that the, uh, the Israelites, they're not without fault here. They're not without fault. They have not been faithful to God either. If you remember back at the beginning, towards the beginning of, of the Exodus story, when Moses first comes to Egypt and he delivers the news that God has sent me here to free Israel from Egypt, all the Israelites were like, all right, let's go. When do we leave? Let's get out of here because they were slaves in the land of Egypt. They were made to do hard labor in the land of Egypt. And so they were all about that. They were ready to go. But then when Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, God says, let my people go, what did Pharaoh do? He said, no, no, no. I have to obey this Yahweh. I don't have to listen to him. Uh, the problem is that the people of Israel, they're just idle. And so uh, he, he increased their workload. He punished them for what God, the message that God had sent to him. And so when he punished the Israelites for God's commandment, Israelites grumbled against God. What have you done? What have you done? Now we've become a stench in the, the nostrils of, of Pharaoh. Uh, look, we had it all good and nice and lovely and everything was, was just fine until you, Moses, came along with this word from the Lord. What have you done? He ultimately, they blasphemed the name of the Lord. The Lord's not able to save us. We need to listen to Pharaoh, and now we've become a stench, the nostrils of Pharaoh. So the Israelites were just as as worthy of judgment as the Egyptians were. But God in his grace provided a way of escape. He provided a Passover lamb. The lamb without spot or blemish. The lamb that would be sacrificed in place of the firstborn of every house. You see, judgment still had to come to every house, even the house of the Israelites. But God provided that way of escape by providing the lamb of sacrifice, the Passover lamb. And the lamb died in place of the firstborn of the Israelites. And God said, place the blood of the lamb on the two doorposts and upon the lintel of each house. So that when the death angel came through the land of Egypt and he swept through the land of Egypt, when he saw the blood of the lamb, he passed over those houses. He did not take the life of the firstborn of that house. The sin of that house had been paid for by the blood of the lamb. 
So God established this, this as a feast forever to, to be remembered by the Israelites. For as long as they were to be, they were to observe the Passover. This was the beginning of the year for them. And it was a great feast for them because it, it marked the time in which God delivered the nation out of bondage, out of slavery from Egypt and brought them, made them a nation. Reminded them that God passed over their sin. Delivered them from death. And so now, fast forward now to Matthew in the days of Jesus, A.D. 33-ish. As Jesus and his disciples come, they're observing the Passover. They're remembering this deliverance of God from slavery. They're observing the Passover. This is the Passover celebration that was observed year after year after year. And now Jesus comes with his disciples. And as they observe this Passover meal, Jesus now institutes the Lord's Supper. Look there, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for, because this is my blood of the covenant, my blood of the promise, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So as Jesus observes the Passover with his disciples, he institutes this new feast, this new celebration, the Lord's Supper. And he takes the bread and he says, this is my body which is broken for you. And he takes the cup, this is the cup, this is my blood of the covenant. It is poured out for you for the forgiveness of See, this is now the event that the Passover of old was pointing to. It was pointing back to that time that God delivered them from Egypt, but it also was pointing to a new day in which God would, would deliver all of mankind, those who would trust in Him, from slavery, slavery to sin, slavery to death and deliver them from uh, through a new Passover lamb. See, just like the Egyptians, or just like the Israelites, excuse me, just like the Israelites, you know, there's, there's not a one of us in here that does not deserve the judgment of God. And one day, just like the judgment of God came upon the Egyptians for their disobedience to God, one day there will be a day of judgment in which God will judge the whole earth for their disobedience to God. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to flip over to Revelation chapter 20, looking at verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away, 
and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Every person who has ever lived and ever will live will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and will be judged for every act that they have ever done. Every act of disobedience. Every blaspheme against the Lord our God. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he and she thrown into the lake of fire. You see, there is coming a day of judgment. Just like in Egypt, that was just a reflection, just a picture, just a, a little hint of the judgment that is to come. It's not just every firstborn. It's every person who has ever lived. God is taking a record of your entire life. Every act of disobedience that you do against the Lord our God is being written down. One day when the Lamb of God comes back, He comes not back not with peace, but with a sword. He will judge the living and the dead. That is, those who are living at that time and those who have already died. He will bring them all before His throne and they will be judged for their disobedience. But just like God judged the Egyptians, that great day of judgment, God provides a way of escape for His Passover Lamb, Jesus Christ. For Jesus came, He who was, out with, who was without sin, who never did one thing wrong in His entire life, never did a disobedient act against the Lord His God, his father, he lived with sinless perfection. He did not deserve death, though he was without sin. He willingly went to Calvary's cross. He allowed his body to be broken as the nails were drilled into his hands, into his feet. He allowed his body to be beaten and broken as the whips came across his back. He allowed his body to be broken as they rammed the, the, the thorns upon his head. He allowed his blood to be poured out for us. He died in our place. We deserve that. And so much more. He took it upon himself. 
so that when judgment comes, God might pass over our sin, having placed it upon Jesus, and forgive us of our sins, Jesus having paid for it. Jesus is God's Passover lamb. And when we trust in Jesus, when we have faith in Jesus, His sacrifice is applied to us so that when we come to this table and we break the bread and we eat it and we partake of the cup, we are testifying to the world. We are partaking of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb who died for us, who gave his life for us so that we might have life. We're testifying to our faith in Jesus. But this is not a dip and a sip. This is in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, who willingly and lovingly sacrificed his life for us so that we might have life him. Dear friend, have you trusted in Jesus today? Have you trusted in him? Can you come to the Lord's table and partake of the Lord's table in faith, saying, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, this was His sacrifice for me. I trust in Him. I believe in Him. He died for me. My sins are passed over because of Him. Can you come in faith today and partake of the Lord's table? If not, if you've never trusted in Jesus, then today, believe in Him. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. But only believe. Trust in Jesus. Surrender yourself to Jesus. His sacrifice is for you. We come to the Lord's table today. Not take it lightly. Let's not take it lightly. This is in remembrance. Sacrifice of Jesus. Come to the table with reverence. Let's come to the table with awe. And let's come to the table with joy in our hearts. It is to be a feast. Feast unto the Lord celebrating what he has accomplished for us. Let's take it with joy today. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did for us. Lord, you didn't have to come and die for us. You didn't have to shed your blood for us. You could have you could have let us go and, and go to hell and pay the penalty of sin for ourselves. But in your grace and mercy, Lord, you looked down upon us. 
You loved us in spite of our sin, and you died for us. Oh, we praise you, Lord God, for your sacrifice for us. So undeserving. You are so gracious. Oh, Lord, let us not come to this table with a flippant heart. Let us come with reverence and with joy, remembering you. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.